Hello, and welcome to Weddings Unveiled, the podcast for your wedding planning process. I'm your host, Leah Longbreak. We know how exciting and stressful planning the big day can be, and we're here to help, providing you with information and advice from industry insiders and those with firsthand experience. On today's episode, we have Mary Simmons, owner of Persephone Floral Atelier, a floral studio dedicated to sharing the natural beauty of flowers through wild and evocative designs. Mary is a trained artist and oil painter who combined her artistry with her passion for flowers when she began helping friends with their wedding floral arrangements. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you so much. Start by telling us when you first realized you truly had a passion for flowers. I think I always had a passion for flowers. I grew up doing a lot of gardening. My next door neighbor was a master gardener. And I would always be kind of like poking around, (laughs) seeing like, what are you doing right now? And she helped me start my own garden in, in our yard. And so I think that's like really where it started. And then I just kind of had this flower obsession, like, I used to read this book that was like flower symbolism. So when I was a kid, I would just like pour over it. And I think I just built up a knowledge of flowers and through that, just sort of like this little obsession. And it never occurred to me that it could be like a career until a little later. So I went to art school and, you know, built a lot of skills that I still use now, but I kind of came out of it being like, I got to be an artist. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of the mentality. And so I did, I like was painting. Of course, I had to have a real job to pay the bills. So I was working at an office and then on the side, I was helping friends with their weddings because, you know, we're young people getting married. It's like, how am I going to afford a florist? And I was like, I'll do it. I, I think I can do it. <laughs> you know, who knows? And that's kind of when it all clicked was producing weddings for friends. I was like, hey, wait, this is like really fun. I'm pretty good at it. I really like this. And it turns out I can also make money from it. And, th- <laughs> and then I can, you know, quit my day job maybe. There's a lot of design elements to it. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely bring a lot of what I learned from art school into like the composition and color theory, that sort of thing. And reading that book, is it true that there is symbolism then with flowers? Yeah. When I started my business, I, I was like, I'm going to do this whole symbolic bouquet. And then I kind of realized no one really knows about it or like, you know, maybe there's like one or two brides who cares about that. But I think overall people are just looking for like beauty at their wedding. And I was like, you know, it's there if people want it, but (laughs) I think most people aren't as nerdy about flowers (laughs) as I am. (laughs) Personally, I'm nerdy about it. We made sure we had Irish and Polish themes throughout our wedding to honor our heritage. And lavender is a traditional Irish wedding symbol. So we made sure we had lavender throughout the wedding. And then we wanted pussy willows because of Polish and Dingus Day, but they were out of season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's a couple of flowers that, you know, they only bloom for like one week and they can't be shipped. Like lily of the valley, peonies, Mm -hmm. dahlias. Those are very seasonal, popular flowers. And if you're not getting married in the right season, it's not going to happen. 
unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) But I always tell my couples, just celebrate the season that you're getting married in and you're going to have a beautiful wedding. Embrace poinsettias if it's wintertime and Christmas. (laughs) Yeah, poinsettias can be really beautiful. When a couple is first starting out with their planning, when should they start looking into floral? I think it depends on how important they are to you. So if flowers and decor is like your number one thing, I would say as early as possible. Or if you have like a particular florist that you want to work with, book as early as possible so you can ensure that you get that date. Some florists will do multiple weddings, but I don't. I only do one wedding per weekend. So, you know, I'm just going to go with whoever books me first, basically. Yeah. I think if you're also trying to save a little bit of money, it's better to go book a little earlier because I can't exactly explain why it happens, but it always seems that they get more expensive because maybe it's just there. It's like you're not making as rational decisions and you're just like, okay, just whatever it costs, like the wedding's in three months, like I got to do, you know, so it's not exactly like it doesn't cost more. It's just, I think couples that tend to book later tend to just have to make split decisions. Mm, That adds up. Yeah, it does. So uh, that would be my advice for booking. I usually book couples anywhere between, well, I guess some couples have booked two years in advance, but a year would be what I consider like an early booking. Yeah. And then late would be like three months in advance. So six months is kind of the happy medium, I guess. That's when most couples book. But two weeks before, you're probably not going to have the best luck. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, I haven't had a couple book two weeks before, but I'm also not really that kind of florist. I think there probably are floral shops out there who would do that for you, but right. probably you're not going to be able to choose, you know, your flowers. They're just going to be like, okay, sure, I'll do your wedding. And you're not really sure what that's going to look like because there's not time to like, you know, build a design plan and all of that. People do tend to say that flowers are one of the more expensive aspects of wedding planning. What do you think attributes to that cost that couples should consider? And what's a good budget range? Yeah. um, Well, the cost, I think people just don't realize how much labor goes into it. I mean, people understand flowers cost money. Right. But they maybe forget to calculate in like labor costs especially if they're doing large installations or, you know, a bigger wedding, that's going to need more people to come and help set it up. And usually we only have a two or three hour window to make everything happen. So it's just like all hands on deck, you know? Yeah. So I would say there's a lot of factors that go into it, but that's maybe one that's overlooked. And Uh, a budget range, it really just depends on what you're looking for. You can have a lovely wedding for $2,000, even less probably. But for instance, my starting point is $7,000, but I'm catering to a more luxury client. You know, I would just say whatever your budget is, try and look for a florist that caters to that range and they will give you, you know, the most bang for your buck instead of maybe, you know, you're on a tight budget, but you want a luxury look, you know, there's going to be 
some gap there that's not going to be filled. <laughs> and I think it's tough because we have Pinterest and Instagram right. kind of selling these really opulent weddings and people just have no idea what they cost because obviously there's no price tag right there on the on Pinterest. Right. And they're seeing celebrity weddings as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite celebrity wedding or celebrity floral event designer that you kind of admire or aspire? Yeah. I love Mandy Moore's wedding uh, oh, a few yeah. years back. And well, I had Gwyneth Paltrow's wedding and Justin Bieber's wedding. I like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, Meghan Markle's wedding. <laughs> I mean, right? The ultimate in royalty. Yeah, I was like watching that one. Philip Craddock is the florist who did that. And it's amazing what she did. Like it was all sustainably done. So there was no floral foam. And she had flowers up to the ceiling. You know, it was crazy. But amazing and beautiful and she did such a great job it was yeah that was awesome (laughs) do you aim for sustainability in your practice as well I do yeah so we compost we try not to use floral foam and use local and seasonal flowers that's great and if I didn't say it already I love following your Instagram Thank you. Your work is beautiful. (laughs) Absolutely. So back to when couples are first starting to work with a florist, should they be bringing in images from their Pinterest, from celebrity weddings to use as inspiration? What should a couple come prepared with already to have that discussion with you? Yeah, I always find it really helpful if they bring inspiration because then I can kind of get a sense for their style and what, you know, the vibe of their wedding is going to be. I think it's hard when people are like, create this exactly and not really considering like, I'm an artist and I, you know, (laughs) don't want to just copy someone else's work. Right. Um, I don't get that too much anymore. Maybe like the first year of business, I got that a little bit when people didn't really know what kind of florist I was. But yeah, I mean, I really appreciate it when people bring in photos of my work that they really loved and were inspired by. So, you know, I can see like what it is they like about my style that I can maybe like lean into a little bit. I do appreciate the inspiration, but I also like to kind of hear words of inspiration. So like, please interpret our story with flowers or like, here's something that we really want to bring into the wedding. How are you going to like translate into that into decor? I know a lot of um, wedding planners have said, and I know we did that for ours, is that narrow down and come down with three words that kind of will be like your common theme for your Mm -hmm. wedding. So ours was like whimsical, industrial, and fun. Like just, you know. But some people want sophisticated, elegant black tie. Do you feel like couples should come in with their top three themes for their wedding to kind of help with the floral design? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be three for me. It can be a lot of things that need to get synthesized. Um, Mm -hmm. I do think it's helpful if it's a little more filtered so that it's not just too much um, going on at once. But that is something that I can help them work through. So yeah, I mean, I, for instance, people come in with a color palette or like an idea of some colors they like, and I might add in some more accent colors so that it's not too like themey. Like we're doing a pink and green wedding and that's it. Like I will add in, you know, some more subtle tones to kind of 
give it a little more depth. So yeah, I think definitely some words of inspiration are helpful and a way to describe the look that they're going for, for sure. But it doesn't have to be so strict with me. (laughs) Does the venue help dictate as well? Yeah, definitely. You want the decor to fit within the venue. Um, Having, um, you know, a picture of your dress, invitations, just to kind of make sure that I'm fitting in within everything else. Because at the end of the day, I'm just one piece of the puzzle. And you don't want anything to like feel out of place. What are the main arrangements couples need to consider when they start working with a florist and even more importantly, their budget? Yeah, if you're having a reception, then you'll probably want to put something on the tables. That's kind of like the basic stuff. Sometimes couples will opt out of having ceremony decor if they're getting married somewhere that's super beautiful already. Oh, true. Like a botanical garden, you probably wouldn't need one. Yeah, right. And after that, you know, there's a million other things you could add on. Bar arrangement, escort cards, hanging floral arrangements, candles you name it. People have done it. (laughs) What arrangements do you think couples forget about the most or don't consider? I hate to say it, but the boutonnieres always get not forgotten. They're not forgotten, but they're like, I don't really care what you do. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which I mean, you know, not always. Some grooms will have very specific ideas, but yeah, it's kind of funny you know, it's fine because literally everyone does it. And it's nice for me to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to do something cool and fun. It fits within your aesthetic. So yeah, the boutonnieres are usually the ones that like, hmm, I haven't really thought of that one. The other thing I would say is like, people never think about ribbon, which oh. is maybe also another little thing of mine where I just love ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> Yeah, so usually they haven't thought of it. And I always have samples available for them to look at so they can get a sense for the different options. What are the popular trends right now in weddings? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I feel like that are kind of on the wane right now. Like the blush wedding has been huge for a long time. And I feel like people are moving away from it a little bit. More boho is also kind of, it's pretty big right now still, but... Still flower crowns? <laughs> I love a flower crown, always. <laughs> um, you know, like the pampas grass and the burgundy. And yeah, I think what I'm seeing a lot more of now that I'm kind of getting excited about is a more minimalist, Ikebana, Japanese-inspired oh. um, floral design. So it's designed to showcase individual flowers and like the beauty of a line or like a twisty stem and it's just fun to see new things coming in I guess yeah but I I think in weddings trends tend to like stick around for a long time so it just depends you know there's everyone has different style but yeah (laughs) still like the flower arches and petals on the ground and all that as well yeah you know petals on the ground are tricky I don't do them too much because venues don't like it most of the time (laughs) (laughs) clean up the mess a couple times it is a mess um they get stepped on and get really slippery and then it's a liability thing yeah oh I didn't think about that think about yeah yeah I know confetti is pretty much banned everywhere Nobody wants confetti. Yeah. (laughs) It's all banned. 
people will find that when when hunting. Uh, Venues don't want it at all. (laughs) Yeah. So the do's and don'ts with floral arrangements. You know, I would say do follow your heart and do what you want to do and don't not speak out about what you want. I think that's the biggest thing that I've run into that's been like a little bit frustrating. So couples, maybe if they have a planner who's kind of guiding the design and they haven't quite voiced what they really want. And then late in the design process, they're like, I don't really want this. Yeah. So I've had that a couple of times where it's like, I wish you had just spoken up (laughs) (laughs) originally because I didn't know, you know? Right. Um, So for me, it's trying to be a good listener and giving them space to speak what they want. And then for the couples, it's speaking up for yourself and sticking true to what it is you really want. And other than that, you know, do whatever you want. (laughs) Your clientele is the Midwest and East Coast. Do you find wedding trends to be regional or is it pretty universal? No, I think they're pretty regional. I mean, there's a lot of overlap, but I have found there's like the California florists seem to be doing something completely different from the East Coast florists and the Midwest. And also there's a difference between like city and more rural areas Um, For instance, I'm in central Connecticut. So a lot of the weddings are tented outdoor weddings or at historic homes. Whereas in Chicago, there's a lot of industrial venues and more like hotel downtown type weddings. So it is kind of pretty different vibe, I found. That's interesting. That's really interesting. For the budget portion. Mm-hmm. I don't want to skip this part at all. Contracts. Yeah. Contracts, contracts, contracts. Yeah. What should couples make sure is in the contract and what should they be looking out for that they may not be thinking about? Yeah, I think that especially right now they should look and see if their florist has like a coronavirus, you know, yeah. uh, paragraph or how will they deal with reschedulings and downsizing or upgrading, look for a payment schedule. I think that's really important to know when they need to pay so that they're on top of that and nothing canceled because they didn't pay or whatever, you know, right. that'd be horrible. I'm just like going through my contract. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, you mentioned coronavirus. Would that yeah. be in the same line as if a natural disaster happened? Yeah, there is the like act of God paragraph, mm-hmm. but I have a special paragraph to spell it out more clearly for people like reschedulings for like a pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should have my lawyer review it, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it could be. But at, for me, at least my insurance company, I was talking to them about loss of income and they were like, no, it's not covered. It's only for like natural disasters or fires. Interesting. So I was kind of like, that's interesting. (laughs) Wow. But I mean, I guess I'm not sure how I would, um, if there would be a difference in the way I approach it. But yeah, look out for that and see if it's something you're okay with. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what else should they look out for? Gratuity? Is there gratuity or tipping involved? 
I don't have a gratuity. I do have like extra fees outlined if there's extra labor that we weren't expecting. We come and set everything up and clean it all up and they are charged for that. Mm -hmm. And that's like a line item in the invoice. But um, we're not there to set up tables or bartend or you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So anything that's outside of what we're offering, there's an extra fee for that. Which is, you would be surprised what people expect. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure. What would be something that people would be surprised to know? You shouldn't be surprised (laughs) that we're not there to bartend, but no, no one's ever asked me that. But yeah, um, for instance, some venues require a separate company to come and hang items if there's anything hung, like lighting, that sort of thing. And I have had it happen where... I was the one with the staff and the lighting company wasn't. And so I was asked to do that. And it was a choice between, you know, this wedding not happening or it happening. And it was like, you know, I'm going to help you. So, yeah. (laughs) Don't ask your florist to bartend. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Don't have a license. (laughs) So when it comes to the classic wedding traditions, are people still having the tossing of the bouquet or having a separate one made to toss? And are they still doing corsages or something for the mothers? Yeah, people are still doing flowers for moms. Sometimes that will be a little bouquet, you know, a wrist corsage. Those have, I think, been updated a little bit. They're not the big, like, ribbon and orchid. Yeah, it's (laughs) not quite that anymore. There's, you know, sleeker looks now, but I haven't done a toss bouquet in years. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, it's one of those things that's done. I'm really doing that. And I, I don't know. Uh, I think people are just like, I don't want to feel make my friends who are single feel bad. And no one wants to watch someone go get the garter. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fun question for you. Okay. What is your favorite wedding movie? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> mm, that's a good one. I want to say Bridesmaids. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. So yeah. funny. Um, another really good one that I discovered is um, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Yes. Like that was, oh, I love it with Hugh Grant. Oh. Yeah. So funny. That's a classic. Yeah. So funny. What is your last final piece of advice to couples? Okay. So when you're looking for a florist, don't assume that every florist can do anything. Look at their work, see if it's your vibe, see if it's the kind of stuff that you want to see at your wedding. And if that's true, then go for it. If you're looking for a very like classic, you know, hydrangea ball style wedding, don't go to the florist that all their work is like wildflowers because I think ultimately we all have our own style and that's going to come through. Even if we're trying to do another look, I think it's a misconception that you can just say like, do this and it'll look exactly like that. I think you should try and find a florist that does the thing that you want. Well, that's great advice. Someone that shares your aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. How can we get more information on you and your company? You can visit my website, persephonefloral.com. 
Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. That's where you'll probably get the most updates. My handle is Persephone Floral. And you can email me, <laughs> PersephoneFloral at gmail.com. Mary, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know I've learned a lot and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Weddings Unveiled. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to executive producers David Moss and Gerardo Orlando, production director Bridget Coyne, and audio engineers Sean Rule Hoffman and Declan Roars. Don't forget to enjoy the journey.